guys and welcome back to another episode of the YA podcast. I'm your host Sabrina and this week we are talking about the most anticipated week so far on the podcast season and that is Twilight Week. So whether you're team Edward or team Jacob, get strapped in because we're going to talk about the first book, Twilight, and all about the characters, the themes, Bella's decisions, the whole lot basically and this week I'm really happy to say that I am joined by my cousin and a fellow podcast creator Rishé. Hello everyone. I'm really glad to be here. (laughs) (laughs) So she runs her own podcast if you want to tell us a little bit about that. Yeah um, I have a podcast called Tea for Two available on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Uh, It's run by me and my friend Sarah and we just spill the tea on what it's like growing up in the modern world and just just chat shit and have fun am i allowed to swear on this yeah go on all right okay cool (laughs) and chat shit and have fun (laughs) and your socials uh yeah on instagram it's at t for two pod no it's at t for two podcast and on twitter it's at t for two pod that's with the number four not the word four great thank you Okay, so we are back and we are talking Twilight. So I'm going to just talk a little bit about what I remember growing up with Twilight. And Vrishay can also jump in whenever you feel free. Okay. So for me growing up with Twilight, it was my whole entire life. It was my everything. I think, especially like, I felt it necessary to bring Vrishay on the podcast because we were both really invested in Twilight together as yeah. a duo. It wasn't just me, it was us. Which is so funny because initially I didn't I didn't really like it. Um, before I'd read it, I was very much a hater because everyone was like, Twilight's amazing, it's so good, you have to read it. I'm such a... St-. Like, well, Stan didn't exist then, but if it did, they would. everyone would be like, I'm such a Stan. Um, and I was like, ugh, things that people are into. But then I read it and I became like you said, one of the biggest Twilight stands. Yeah, and I think it's interesting as well, because obviously we were at, I think I was maybe 11 or 12 when Mm -hmm. I first started to read it. Um, And I sort of blitzed through the books, and then obviously the films came out, but obviously this is a YA podcast, so we're trying to focus less on the films and more to do with the books. (laughs) So um, for me, reading Twilight, I loved it. I loved the world that Stephanie created, I loved the fact that there were werewolves and vampires. Obviously, it had been done before, but not on such a scale that it was and such a sort of teen scale where you could really relate to the female character, I feel like. She was sort of angsty. She was coming from one place, going to another. Mm. And I feel like I particularly resonated with that from me going from, as bad as it sounds, from primary school to secondary school. I felt like I sort of resonated within that sort of feeling of, ostracization and not knowing anyone okay i for me reading the first book because i was coming off of like just being a hater um i went into it being like i'm gonna read this and it's gonna be terrible uh and what sold me was the action aspect of it towards the end of the book that's what sold me on like oh okay this is kind of lit like i never i never really um gelled with Bella I wasn't I didn't really see myself in her but those those high points towards the end was what sold me on yeah great so I think I want to just talk a little bit more about the character so obviously we have the main character we have the main protagonist Bella Swan we also have Edward Cullen and then we have 
Jacob Black. I must put his surname for a second, Ooh. but yeah, no, Jacob Black. <laughs> and those were our sort of main three characters, I feel like. I feel obviously we have a whole bunch of characters and to be honest we could spend the whole podcast talking about the characters mm-hmm. themselves and their personalities and how they adapt and how they adjust through as the books as the books progress yes and maybe we could do that at one point absolutely um but for now i kind of just want to focus on bella and edward as characters yeah um just because they are the main protagonist of this first story mm-hmm. obviously you do get edward's family so you have Alice, Rosalie, Jasper, Jasper, Emmett, Carlisle, and Renee. I mean, Esme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and so um, obviously those are obviously a, a big part of Bella's life as well, especially in this first book. Um, but I kind of want to talk about Bella's character within Twilight. So not going to lie, as much as I loved the, the series and the world that Stephanie created... Bella was an annoying character, we oh, have to admit. Oh, God, she was so boring <laughs> and just very, very jarring and grating. Like, even at the time, I didn't enjoy Bella. I wasn't like, oh, that's a girl that I can hang out with. That's a girl I can shoot the shit with. Like, no, I was just like, I wanted to know about every, everyone else who wasn't her. <laughs> but obviously, you have to endure the book through her eyes. You just You don't have a choice in that. No, definitely. And I think as well, it's funny because I think it was was a strange thing. Because I think a lot of girls went through this kind of phase where they didn't like Bella as a character or a personality, but they wanted to be where she was. If that makes sense. You know, know, they wanted to be in that love triangle. I feel like she was bland enough that you could slot yourself in. She was very much what I think they like to call in the author world a Mary Sue, if that makes sense. Yes very much a filler character yeah yes like like obviously it's funny because the whole entire series is about her and her relationship but yet she's so irreplaceable as a character i feel like we get more depth about from edward and we get more depth from jacob and that and those particular storylines than we do about her as a person yeah i think for her for, well for me anyway her most redeeming quality is that she's in this love triangle and she can't make up her mind for about what two books like, <laughs> that's yeah yeah. i i just feel like but i think that in some ways that is very smart to have a character that is so like like personality non-existent like i can't tell you a single thing about bella and i can't tell you why so many people were enamored with her and not, not just edward not just jacob um but also friggin mike newton like a normal yeah normal human boy why was he enamored with her yeah, and it's funny as well, actually, because obviously, I mean, not obviously, but I've been going through a bit of the book, um, as I like to do before I start an episode, um, and there was actually a section in the book where Bella literally talks about how she even finds herself very unattractive and quite plain, and that if she was in the right lighting, maybe she would be very pretty. And I think that's quite interesting, considering the fact that she is, like, pale, she's super pale, um and obviously that was and they make the that joke a lot about her being from arizona and yet she doesn't look tanned yeah because they have a lot more sun than they do in forks i think as well bella is sort of created by stephanie to be the sort of girl next door who doesn't really know that she's pretty but apparently she is pretty but she can't really see it but at the same time there's a lot of guys after her so maybe she just start to see it 
you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, I feel Have like... self-confidence, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I feel like by the time the eighth guy told you that you're really gorgeous, she'd probably be like, yeah, maybe, maybe I am, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, yeah. So I feel like Bella as a character, I think we can all sort of agree that we didn't resonate with her. And if you did resonate with her, if you loved Bella, feel free to fight me on social media Feel free to fight me in the emails. Um, that you can, is, you can fight me too. We can, you can catch this fade, honestly. Yeah, honestly, because, <laughs> I mean, if you were a real true, true Twilight fan, you didn't come here for Bella. We, we all know that you didn't no. come for Bella. No one came for Bella. No one returned the time and time again <laughs> for Bella. Um, we all returned for the good old fashioned Team Edward versus Team Jacob. You came here for the romance, for the drama, for the angst. You weren't, you weren't here for this. Oh god, she's so boring. I can't get over it. Okay, so now I want to talk a little bit about Edward, Edward Cullen. So he is our resident vampire. He is also Bella's, let's call him her first love interest, because mm-hmm. he is her first love interest. Um so we meet Edward in the first Twilight book. Um he actually meets Bella at school and he's an interesting character. He's very um what's the word? Like self absorbed no 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 not self-absorbed um standoffish yeah he's very he's very yeah, standoffish and i don't know whether this was like a whole trope within the ya world where it was like these girls were predestined to fall in love with these standoffish characters who at first didn't like them yeah. because it's a very popular theme running through a lot of books where either you know a guy is either very nice mm-hmm. to you or he's just straight up horrible to you for like one and a half books like yeah i and this is what confused me i didn't understand how anyone was team edward just based (laughs) just based on his character because he he, I'll, i'll admit he had more substance than than bella but also a very bland character his whole personality was like I'm a vampire and I don't want to be a vampire. It's really hard being a vampire. Um, and I love you, but like, I can't love you too much because, oh, you know, I might lose. Like, it's, he didn't really have much of a personality either. He was also very bland. Like, you could slot in any person. So, people finding him desirable was very strange to me. Um, I understand it in terms of a, in like a team aspect because, Maybe it's, uh, there's something about having someone who doesn't seem interested in other people being interested in you is like a, whoa, like I must be really special. Yeah, like, like a very like beast. romantic kind yeah. of notion, you know, like obviously all he wants is me and, you know, obviously I'm the only one that's going to make him happy and that he can stand to be around kind of thing, which is very unhealthy because if you think about it, like so throughout the books, Edward only hangs out with his family and Bella like, mm-hmm. that's definitely not healthy. Like, you know, like, I mean, I get yeah, you're a vampire and maybe you have cravings or whatever, but, like, you've learned, but like he's learned how to control these cravings. So I really feel like he could have made more of an effort to make, you know, friends within yeah. his social circle. He's been a vampire for a hundred and something years. He's not... Is 107, 108? I think it's 107. Yeah. He's been a vampire for 107 years. If you haven't... If you haven't worked it out by a, for 107 years, like, come on. Something's definitely wrong with you, yeah. That was not clicking. Yeah. And so actually, I want to just go actually into the book for a little bit. And I want to actually read out the first proper interaction that Edward and Bella have with one another. So the scene is set. They're in the classroom. 
Um, and it says, well, Bella is the narrator in this in this whole in this whole entire series for the mm. most part. Um, so it says, as I walked down the aisle to introduce myself to the teacher and get my slip signed, I was watching him, him being Edward, stu- I can't say that word, stupid, Sarah stupidly, I think that's wrong, but anyway, we, we move. Just as I passed, he suddenly went rigid in his seat. He stared at me again, meeting my eyes with the strange expression on his face. It was hostile, furious. I mean, I don't know about you, but... If that wasn't the first time I had met someone, never spoken to them before, and they looked at me, quote unquote, hostile, furiously, I, I wouldn't want to know them. Yeah, I wouldn't want to talk up to them at all. I would just want to do my biology and move. Like, <laughs> and suddenly this becomes an entire thing. Like, you know, there's a whole bunch of scenes where they're together at this table and he basically acts like she smells. Yeah. Which obviously we found in that she does smell because his blood, no, her blood stings. Her, her blood is very special and really attractive to vampires for some unknown reason that we actually never find out. We never find out. St- Stephanie, Stephanie, please let us know why. And her blood like sings to him or something like that. The, ho- the hostile and furious look, I also understand it to be, um, he, he, can read, he can read minds. Which is a fact that I just remembered now. Spoiler alert. Oh, listen, if you're listening to the podcast, you should have read the book. Come on now. Um, <laughs> he can read minds. And so the only mind he can't read is Bella's. So I'm assuming that the hostile and furious look would be because he's he's trying to read her mind and he's not getting anything. So he's like, what the hell? Like, this has never happened before. What's going on? And maybe that's another reason why he finds her so intriguing um because he can't read her mind and he's like this is the first person where for me to find out what they're thinking i have to actually speak to her obviously find out later why he he can't read her mind won't talk about that now it's not in this book so you don't know (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i even even that initial reaction i think is wrong i feel like he should have looked at her more puzzled more confused more intrigued Mm -hmm. even that would have been more desirable Mm -hmm. that would have been um a better way to start off a relationship of like oh why is he looking at me like he wants to find something out like he doesn't know something you know that would be more yeah that would be more like worth taking an interest in Mm -hmm. definitely and i think as well just character the character of edward overall is very he's very sort of fatalistic he's sort of almost like he doesn't want to be near her but he wants to be near her he doesn't he, he can't make up his mind and also like he has a very hard time accepting who he is mm. like he's a vampire you're a vampire you need to really deal with it you know like accept it yeah. it's not going to change like you can't change that and i think as well for him like he can't seem to understand why bella wants him but yet he wants just as much. So really, throughout the whole entire series, and in this book as well, they put themselves through a bunch of unnecessary pain because it's if she accepts you, she accepts you, dude. Like, you know, it's it's okay. It's, yeah. it's, it's fine. You know, it's nothing to be upset about. You know, like, you've got your lady love. It's all good. <laughs> like, it's okay. Edward is also super possessive. Like, yes. can, I, can I just say, like, right from the outset, like, he's very possessive in the fact that, okay, so there's a scene... Where you know this scene where um where they're in the car park and the car skids and he saves yeah. her, 
if you didn't want to be involved with her, why is it going around saving her from things? Like, just leave her alone. You know, if you if you want to put yourself through turmoil, just leave her alone. Yeah. Don't save her. But because he's so obsessed with her, like, literally, like, he's obsessed with her to the point where he doesn't want her to be happy. I feel like it. it's not even a relationship for him at that point. Like, like all of it... Within the book? Like within, within the book, book. Within the book. Yeah. I feel like none of it is to do with him having feelings for her it's all to do with why can't i read your mind i I really feel like that's what it is he's like no you gotta stay alive because i've got to find out why i can't (laughs) read your mind and then later on it becomes a romance thing because all this time where she's like i think in the first book she just wants to kiss him Mm -hmm. and he's like i can't control myself i can't i don't want to kiss you like I genuinely think that's because he did. He just didn't really feel that way about her. But the the only way to keep her going is to like do this whole abstinent thing and like mm. I can't control myself. I might kill you or like just have this bad boy sense of danger and keep her interested so that he can study her and you know like a mutual beneficial relationship. But it's yeah, I understand what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, and literally, like, we've just done some research and we're looking up a bunch of things. Um, and we've seen that a couple of, like, websites and people have cited comparing him to people like Mr. Rochester from Jane Eyre and Heathcliff from Wuthering Heights and the Beast from Beauty and the Beast and Stanley Kowalski from A Streetcar Named Desire and all these people are really domineering and jealous and aggressive and possessive. And I think we do see that in Edward as well. And actually, we were reading again... And um, there was part of an interview from Stephanie where she mentions that she wanted, she just wanted to write for herself a fantasy. So apparently Edward is deemed to be perfect, which I don't agree with. And I don't know. I I disagree. Yeah. I feel like as well, this comes back to the the whole thing of a YA sort of context of what is perfection and a YA context of sort of what is a relationship deemed to be. And I think in these past books that we've been looking at, relationships have sort of been deemed to be very two-dimensional and very possessive it's very oh he loves me if he's possessive and he gets jealous of other guys and he wants us to be only me and him forever you know and that's not a relationship and that's not a perfect person i mean yeah and that's not a good precedent to set on young minds like that yeah and i think as well like a lot of us have grown up seeing relationships like these in books and they've normalized and we've normalized them we we think oh it's okay if you stand off with you it means he likes you oh it's okay if he's mean to you that means he must like you yeah but in fact that's not that way at all especially with adult relationships and technically i guess Bella and edward i mean they're 17 but they're very close to adulthood yeah so it's you know there shouldn't be all these games and these like yeah this nonsense essentially happening within the book (laughs) itself i mean he puts her down several times in the book just genuinely treating her like she is a naive, stupid Yeah, person. like, she's, like, really inferior. And like, yeah. Like, she didn't know her own mind. Like, even when she asks for... I think, well, later on in the other books, when she asks to be turned, like, he constantly denies her, even though she knows... what. Obviously, she knows her own mind. She's not stupid. She must yeah. know what it entails. And it's only... Well, okay, no. Okay, sorry, no, I'm, I'm going to stop speaking, because that's, that's, like, another book completely. Yeah. It's a different book. <laughs> But yeah, is there any other characters you want to... Oh, Jacob. How could I forget Jacob? Um, <laughs> wow, we used to be Team Jacob and you just wanted to forget our boy. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. 
So, Jacob... In the first book, doesn't make much of an impression on me. No, I think he comes more into it in New, New Moon. Moon. Yeah, oh, that's when we get a whole bunch of Jacob. We really get to know him as a... So, Jacob... In the first book, doesn't make much of an impression on me. No, I think he comes more into it in New, New Moon. Moon. Yeah, oh, that's when we get a whole bunch of Jacob. We really get to know him as a person, as a present, as a set of abs. Like, we really <laughs> we, we really get to know him then. As a set of abs, how but, dare you? <laughs> how dare you? But yeah, no, I think Jacob doesn't really make much of an appearance. We sort of are introduced to... How do we even say it? It's a quill. I can't. I can't say it anymore. Quillite. Quillite. No. Quill. Quillite. No. Quillite. Quillite. No. Quillite. I want to look it up. I want to look it up. Yeah. So Jacob is part of the Quillite tribe, and he's a Native American, Native Indian. Like, what's the correct term? Uh, I would say Native American. Okay, Native American. Um, and he lives on the reservation, like that's just bordering where Bella lives. Mm-hmm. They've been friends. Well, no, they were childhood friends, but yes. then Bella moved away. I remember, was there a story about them making mud pies together? Yeah, something yeah. like that. I know. And so they were childhood friends. And my, he's a bit younger than Bella, isn't he? He's Maybe not like two years? years. Yeah, he's like two years she's, younger. She's 18, so I believe he's 16 at the time. Yeah, something like but that. But then in the next book, he's... No, she's 17. She's 17. Because... In one of the later books, it's her birthday, and she yeah because she's like, she's like, oh, paper cut. <laughs> what? <laughs> Do you not remember in the film anyway? Oh, paper cut. When in the in the film when it's anyway sorry sorry. No sorry. no no. I'm trying to I'm trying <laughs> to remember basically because she makes a big deal about becoming a vampire before her 18th birthday because she doesn't want to be older than Edward even though Edward is 107. Yeah. And she's like okay, but you stopped aging at age 17. I want to be. The same age. I want to be the same age as you. Okay. Right. Um, And so Jacob is two years younger, making him 15. Yeah. Which she, like, that's why I called called her a predator. Because... Anyway, so we'll get into that later on. We'll get into that, like, new moon. That'll be... Sorry for another day. But yeah, so basically, so Jacob, he's just really, like, he's he's just... This is kid. He's got a bit of a crush on Bella. um, And he's part of, essentially, a pack of werewolves. Um, and so this is all like really old like folk like folklore like you know Bella doesn't really know about it and then she goes for a like a meeting like a like gathering yeah 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 yes he's just cute kid you know like he's got a bit of a crush on Bella we see that at the beginning of the book obviously she doesn't really reciprocate that because Bella only solely has eyes for Edward and then a bit later on in the books there is a very strong rivalry between the two especially when it comes to New Moon no, I think the rivalry comes really in. comes out. Oh yeah, in eclipse. In eclipse, yeah, that's true. Because yeah, yeah. I think, I think what Steph, in terms of the love triangle, what Stephanie Meyer did was smart. She had the first book establishing the romance between Edward and Bella. The second book establishing the romance between Jacob, Jacob and, and Bella. Bella, and the third book was the height of the love triangle. That is very. And true, by breaking yeah. dawn, you already know who Bella, who won. Who won? Yeah. Basically. Mm, yeah yeah um yeah okay so even though you know who won from the beginning like let's be real but yeah (laughs) very true i mean not to not to okay i was i wasn't gonna say it but i wasn't gonna say it but you know two two pale people get together and the non-pale person (laughs) is is ostracized and pushed to the side honestly (laughs) though he dodged a bullet because she's very uninterested and he's interesting that is true you know he has interests he has things that he likes doing 
He fixes motorbikes. Yeah. He likes cliff diving with his friends. Oh no, that's not until the second book. So no. <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> not until, spoilers. That's it's not until the second book. He, I don't know. He's just a normal. You know, in the first book, by by uh, Twilight standards, he is a normal kid. Yeah. Having normal feelings, almost like a Mike Newton. Yeah. You know, just like a human child who has a crush. A human child, a human child who has a crush on Bella. For some undiscerning, like, but yeah. Anyway, so carrying on, um, I want to talk a little bit more about in depth about the book. So we've touched a bit on it, and I want us to talk a bit more about the main plot points of right. Twilight as a book. Let's get into it. So, <laughs> the laughing. <laughs> so, um, this book itself, um, really only has one, one sort of key setup like what we should mentioned previously mm-hmm. it's a sort of start the, re- the romantic relationship between edward and bella and it's to sort of see that grow and to see her essentially spoiler alert mm-hmm. find out that he is a vampire right quite funny because so bella sort of knows something strange about him doesn't seem to know quite what he does a lot of really intense things which require a lot of strength for example he saves her from being hit by a skidding car in the car park at school. Um, one day she's on, a, she's, on a, she's on a trip with her friends and she gets accosted by these guys and he saves her from that. If you, if you remember that scene. Yep. Yeah. Um, and in essence, she goes to do all this research and finds out that he is in fact a vampire. Well, she doesn't find out. She suspects yeah. that that is most likely what happens. They go out into the clearing. Um... She's like, um, you don't go out in sunlight. I can do it. No, I can do it. Um, you don't go out in sunlight. You're incredibly fast, incredibly strong. And then he's like, so what am I? A vampire. <laughs> Are you scared? No. You should be. Like, ill, first of all, that scene. Second of all, did I get that? Did I nail that without looking at the book? I maybe I want to. I'm check. pretty sure I nailed I'm, I'm that. Trying, I'm trying. I'm trying to check. I'm trying to check. Yeah, but anyway, I remember them in the clearing. They they're having this conversation, and then for the next couple of weeks to come, they all they do is hang out, and she just asks bare questions about <laughs> being a vampire, and he's like, "Oh yeah, well you know, like when I go out in this, yeah, that's right." Oh yeah, and that really weird bit where he goes out in the sunlight and shows her. Um, his I'm literally going to split in the bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it says, and then he's like, he's like, she's like, wow, you're beautiful, and he's like, this is the skin of a killer, and it's like, calm down, bro. Like, <laughs> you literally look like a Tiffany store. Like, you're fine. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> so so much drama, so much angst. I can't deal with it as an adult. As a teen, I'm sure I, I was like, whoa, this is like intense, but. <laughs> As an adult, I'm like, Jesus, get a hold of yourself. It's not that serious. It's just not that deep. Right. To continue on um, with the with the plot points, we start off first chapter um, is actually a... It's like... <laughs> <laughs> did I nail it? No, no, it's not that. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm literally... I'm, I'm reading the book and... Um, so um, there's a bit in the book where he's basically just like showing off. And so I'm going to read it. So he's like, as if you could outrun me, he laughed bitterly. He reached up with one hand and with a deafening crack, effortlessly, 
I can't say that word. Eff- uh, effortlessly. Yeah. Rip a two-foot thick branch from the trunk of the spruce. As if you could fight me off, he said gently. And Bella's just sitting there like, okay, uh, and? <laughs> so I, I still love you anyway. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. And this and, and it's weird as well because, like, he's always saying to her, like, don't be afraid. Don't be scared. And, like, Bella's really not scared at all. Yeah, Bella, no. I feel like... She's unbothered. Bella, ha- Bella has... Bella's life is so boring. This is the most exciting thing that's <laughs> ever happened to her. You think she's going to throw away this opportunity now? You're wrong. <laughs> Bella has some of the worst self-pres- self-preservation instincts I think I've ever seen in a person. <laughs> a stranger you've only met for two weeks comes and tells you he's a vampire and you're just sitting there chilling, like, you're so in love. You're like, I'm willing to risk it all. <laughs> like, no. Listen, to be fair, he saved her twice before this what happened. What does that even... So? He saved her twice. Take him to dinner. <laughs> but he doesn't eat food she doesn't know that all right fair he she doesn't know that but when she does her research she knows that and to me i feel like any normal person would be like this guy could kill me i better just keep my distance but she's like nah i gotta dive in head first <laughs> anyway to give a quick synopsis of the book we start off um with bella dying um no, 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 almost dying. Almost dying. Um, and she's saying that she has no regrets. Yeah. She's, re- she's recounting her experience and she's basically saying, look, I might be dying, but this has been the best few months of my life. I wouldn't change a thing. Then we cut to her moving in with her dad. She's left Arizona. Uh, Phoenix, right? Phoenix, Arizona? Yeah. She's left Phoenix, Arizona, where her mom lives, and she's moving to Forks, Washington, where her dad lives. Mm-hmm. And I just want to do a quick shout-out to Charlie Swan for putting <laughs> up with... <laughs> for putting up with Bella's nonsense, to be honest with you. If I was a dad, I would be like... I would call the mom and be like, no, nah, you need to take her back, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> no, because... Throughout the books, Bella has no respect for her dad. It's true, no, it's no true. respect, like, no love, no respect. Charlie has no no love in these streets. They literally like they lie to him, they deceive him. She straight up is like disrespectful. Just like you're the worst dad ever, and leaves. Just, and like obviously, her own death. Obviously, like, for oh, for oh, him, wow. for him, it's like a. Oh yeah, I forgot she faked her own death. Speak. <laughs> Yeah, no, for him, he's just trying to do his best. He hasn't had his daughter in his life for ages. And I don't know what, you know, you don't know what happened in the divorce, the custody battle that happened, but he finally has his daughter back and he's trying his goddamn best and he's doing it the only way an awkward white dad can, with fishing <laughs> and beer. Like, he, he doesn't know any better. It's true. He hasn't had well, a like, child yeah, there for ages. Even, and they live in Forks. They live in such a boring place. No, and what, not even a child, but like a girl child. Like imagine how hard that must be for yeah. you to like not have really seen your kid. And then suddenly you're like, you have this 17 year old angsty, hot, like, like sad, lonely teenager who who like doesn't even like want to do anything with you. And yeah. you're just like, how do we bond? Like, you know. She's gone through she's going through puberty right now you know um and she's having a hard time a hard time that you don't understand you haven't been around women in ages your last marriage went shit wow do you know what i mean wow. like listen shout out to charlie for for doing his goddamn best <laughs> it might not have been good enough but he tries 
Okay, fair enough, fair enough. And then, yeah, and then so after this, like, you know, Bella settles in. She's all like, oh, I going hate to books. school. It's so rainy. It rains too yeah. much. Oh, yeah, it does. And she's going to school. And, you know, as I said before, like, you know, she meets Edward. And, well, no, she sees the Collins for the first time. Well, before that, she meets her new human friends, you know, Jessica, oh, yeah. hella annoying. Um, Eric, Angela, Mike, Eric, Angela. Mike, yep. Yeah. For some reason, they gravitate towards this boring human being. <laughs> to be honest, I think it's because she's, like, the police chief's daughter. I think it's because of that. I think they're like, oh, she must have... And, and as well, yeah. you know, like, obviously being from a small town, somebody coming from from a big town, you know, that must have interesting I think they stories. Had, I think Jessica specifically had loads of high, questions high about hopes. Arizona. Yeah. She wanted to be, like, out of Forks, and she's just like... Yeah. Them are always yeah. going to Port Angeles to go to the mall because yeah. it was better than Forks. Like, yeah. I think that they thought that Bella was going to be this really, like, valley, like, sort of valley girl. Like, you know, yeah. and she wasn't. No. She was just boring. Honestly, she should have just grown up in Forks. That seemed to fit her personality more. It would have been... Yeah. It would have been more exciting if she had gone from Forks to Arizona. Because they would... In Arizona, they'd be, like, living it up, having a good, like, summer weather. And she'd be like, oh, it's so bright and so... Uh, and my skin is so pale. And they would be like, come on, Bella, let's go get a tan. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it would be a really good role reversal. Anyway. So, yeah, she meets the Collins. Go ahead. Yeah, she meets the Collins. Um, and literally, Jessica um, is like, oh, they're the Collins. And they're all adopted. And they're all, like, together. Um, when you're reading this, you're kind of thinking... To, together to, but they're siblings and they're together i mean I, I, I don't know about you but me i was like that's kind of weird and then obviously when you get further into the books you realize that they're not even really all related anyway no um so it's you know it, it's not so bad and of course at this point we don't know that they're vampires we just think that they're literally just adopted siblings and they're all in a relationship yeah. with each other which is weird I mean, if you don't think that's weird, fight me, but I think that's weird. Mm. I think if you live under the same roof, you shouldn't be sleeping together. But that's just... Unless you're, like, in a relation. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm trying to say? No. No, I don't know. Okay, so basically, like, so obviously... So, okay, so say if you had a an adopted brother. Right. And obviously, like, you live you lived under the same roof all your life. Like, I think... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But then for them... It's not really like that. No, it's, but it's no, a, no, it's but a coven situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like a bunch a house of house just to live. Yeah. yeah. Even though, I mean, the relationship they have with Carlo and um, Esme, Esme, they're like parents that figures. That's their mom and dad. Yeah. But they don't call them mom and dad. It's no. more just like these are the leaders of our coven, and we're gonna just um, like chill and hang out together. Yeah. And, like. You guys turned us and helped us. But yeah, no. I mean, the relationship is like their parents. So it would be weird to sleep with like all your, your, your children. Their children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, see, it's weird. It's it weird. weird. Yeah, but then, okay, so anyways, they meet the Collins. Well, no, she, sorry, no, lies. She sees the Collins from a distance. Mm-hmm. And then Jessica's like, don't even bother with them. They're all, like, together. They're all, like, on their own. And then, obviously, Jessica gets the last, no, Bella gets the last laugh because she ends up actually marrying one of them. Spoiler alert. <laughs> After that, she just obviously starts going out with Edward. Everything's great. She's, like, you know, Finds like... Finds out he's a vampire. Yeah, you know, get saved by the from the car from the thing. She's like all loved up, but yeah. he's like, "Bella, chill. You want to kiss me? You're like, I don't want that kind of commitment. Yeah. Like, calm down, babes." Um, <laughs> and then we have the fun. We get to the fun. We get to the fun section. Yeah. Um, and I'll admit, this comes super duper late into the book. So the book is about four hundred pages. Mm-hmm. 
the fun the the fun starts at about page 300 in my opinion yeah for the first 300 pages it's just more or less filler in my eyes yeah well they have to establish like what are the rules of being a vampire like what are the no that's it that's mostly what twilight is for it's for setting up edward's edward and bella romance and for filling you in on what exactly the rules of being Mm. a vampire is and i think new moon sets up jacob but also the rules of being Being a a werewolf werewolf. and like that kind of again smart decision Mm. to to break it down like that because at least you're not going to go forward and be like wait i don't know what the rules of being a vampire are i don't know what's what do you mean his skin sparkles vampires don't do that well this vampire does sorry continue yeah and so we get to the good bit once again if you've watched the film you know what i'm talking about the most iconic scene in twilight is <laughs> where they all go out to that big field <laughs> and they're playing baseball <laughs> you set my soul on fire yeah you go Great ships wow yeah, you yeah. knew more of the i, I loved the music back in Listen, the day i, love I music, like <laughs> only like that song and uprising that's it that's my whole knowledge of muse but yeah and so essentially Bella gets to sort of chill with the Cullens and this is where she kind of sees the extent of their strength. Yeah. By the way, I want to point out that the only reason they play uh, baseball um, is because there's a thunderstorm. Yeah. And at first you're like, what? what? What does a thunderstorm have to do with baseball? It's because their noises are so loud, like when they the crack of the bat is, is hit so forcefully, they have to, you know, have the thunderstorm to cover up the sounds because it sounds like thunder. Like, that's how strong mm-hmm. and fast they are. Yeah, so it says... Can I find it? It's a great scene in the movie, I must it, say. Yeah, it's really... It like, does it's not fun, hold up, though. If you watch it now, you'll be like, oh, this, this is, is very terrible. cringy. <laughs> very, very cringy. So it says here, this time the bat somehow made it around in time to smash into the invisible ball. So obviously it's invisible because it's going so fast that Bella can't even see it with her, with her boring human eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, the crack of the impact was shattering thunderous it echoed off the mountains i immediately understood the necessity of the thunderstorm so essentially the thunderstorm is needed like you said to cover up the sound of the bats and this is also where we get a bit of insight into um one of edward's siblings quote unquote um alice's power because so alice can see the future yes but it's subjective yeah that's what it is you can only see the future of the option that the person is currently thinking of taking so if they change their mind, then she'll see a different future. I hope that makes sense to everyone. I mean... It just about made sense to me in the oh, book. Oh, honestly, like, she was just saying, oh, 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 the whole time. <laughs> but yeah, and so essentially, um, she gets a little bit of a vision, you know, like Raven, like, I had a vision. And in this vision, she sees a bunch of other vampires come up. And so these three vampires have heard the Cullens playing the game of baseball, and they've come to see what's, what's going on. And so basically, they want to get Bella out of there. They're like, Bella's a human. She shouldn't really be involved in this world. We should probably get her out of there because these vampires, they don't know what the situation is. Yeah, we don't know what the situation is. I mean, we don't know what they think about humans and whatever Mm. else. We don't know what their whole deal is. Mm. So we're just going to, you know. Actually, going off off that, the Collins are very pro-human let's put it that way yeah so the doctor um the doctor <laughs> carlisle um is, is a doctor is a doctor and esme i think she's like a house mom i don't know what she I does actually don't know i don't know but yeah so basically they're very pro-human they like to interact with the humans that are in forks 
So essentially, it's a big, massive cover, and obviously, all their quote unquote children go to the school. So it's, you know, a big, massive thing of them being able to, like, stay in Forks and be a part of this world and this town. Yeah. And obviously, not every, and, and we learn in this book that not all the vampires are the same. Yes. So not all vampires are as nice and as friendly and don't drink human blood but drink animal blood yeah like, that's, like that's the, the thing i was gonna say that's the main thing and yeah. you can tell by the color of their eyes yeah oh yeah oh yeah i forgot about that if you drink human blood your eyes are red orange no they're like an orangey brown kind of thing and then if you drink human blood your eyes are red oh uh, oh yeah like gold isn't it like uh, yeah, 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 yeah yeah okay yeah, like yeah. A gold and so basically these three guys show up one's called victoria victoria she comes back like several times yeah she's just annoying in general yeah she's like one of the main villains in this yeah. whole series i'd one say of the, one of the main antagonists yeah definitely. although technically the main antagonist is the voltori oh yeah i mean that's the like the big that's bad. the big big bad yeah <laughs> so um there's like lauren and victoria and james and essentially what happens is james gets onto bella's scent like he's really like oh yeah she smells good I want a bit of that. And for the rest of the book, they just spend their time protecting Bella from James, who is trying to hunt her and bite her, in essence. And it's all very damsel in distress. To be honest, Bella really brought this on herself. It was really really a you situation. If I was the Cullens, I would have been like, Edward, that's your chick. You need to deal with this. No, it's absolutely <laughs> not like that. Come on. But, like you said, they're pro-humans. They wouldn't want Bella to just friggin' die. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Rosalie absolutely would. But... <laughs> my favourite character. No. Really? No, not really. Like... But one of my favourite characters. Your favourite character, I would assume, is Alice. I mean... Mm. Okay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um... A lot of um and R in here. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, it says, three things seem to happen simultaneously while Carla was speaking. My hair, Bella's hair, ruffled with the light breeze, Edward stiffened, obviously he smelt her, and the second male, James, suddenly whipped his head around, scrutinising me, his nostrils flaring. So essentially, they don't realise that Bella is human, and then the wind comes, and they realise that she's human. And then it all gets unfriendly. At first it's quite friendly, it's just Laurent talking to, who is very clearly the leader of the group. Yeah. Um, just talking to Carlisle about, you know, vampire shit, like, oh, can we join in baseball? We haven't seen anyone, we were seeing who's in the area, we're just going to head on north, whatever. Uh, the wind comes, fucks that up. James is like, "Oh, you brought a snack. Oh, so nice of you." Um, and they're like, "She's not food, so y'all better just keep it pushing." You know, Laurent's clearly quite a friend, like not friendly, uh, gracious. He's quite a gracious leader. I don't think he actually wanted trouble. He didn't want. No. He didn't want um, necessarily to eat bella or anything he's like you know excuse my friend he's hungry um <laughs> very clearly has some sense whereas victoria and james they were also mates uh they yeah were they also were together yeah. they were on a completely different side I, I would assume a lot more well not assume they are they are a lot more ruthless mm-hmm. um laurent really didn't want to catch these hands but the other two were ready they were ready for the fight <laughs> <laughs> and then so basically once this happens Edward decides that it is all well and good if he essentially kidnaps Bella. 
they take Bella and they want to like just you know keep her safe because Alice has a vision that James is going to come and obviously track Bella and try yeah. and get her. They don't tell Charlie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. They don't tell Charlie. No, Charlie doesn't need to know. <laughs> That's not her dad or anything. And actually, quite a funny thing that I just read. So Edward literally says because because Bella is like, no, we can't do this. Charlie, he's going to be at the FBI. Charlie will be so upset. And literally. Edward says, Bella, please just do this my way, just this once. And I have to laugh. <laughs> because he's she's been doing it exactly. his way the entire time. It's been his way from book one to book four. <laughs> so when he says this, I'm literally like, Bella, go, you better run because he's really treating you for a fool because it's never it's never gonna be your way. It's always been his way. And once again, go back to the fact that he is very controlling as a person. So yeah, and so they run off to Phoenix, don't they? So basically, after they go to Phoenix, they're just hiding out a little bit, waiting for James to sort of die down and leave them alone. And in essence, what happens is they go to, they go to move closer to Bella's mother's house because Alice has a vision where she sees the dance school that Bella used to dance at that her mum used to take her to. So they go to move closer to her parents' house and whilst they are on the move and about to make that transition to the new house or wherever they were going to stay... She gets a call, which she thinks is from her mother, but really it's from James. And in essence, James has tricked them into believing that he has Bella's mum's mum hostage. Right. And so, I have a question. Don't vampires have really good hearing? So, if they have really good hearing, and Bella is with Alice at this point, surely she should be able to hear that James is on the other end of the phone and now has her mum hostage, No. I don't understand. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Or maybe that they should be able to hear the difference between her mom's actual voice and a recording. Because that's what it was, right? Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was a, recording. a recording of um, a, a childhood video of Bella's. Yeah. Um, and I feel like as vampires, they should have been able to hear the distinction. Like, you're going to hear some feedback. You're going to hear something. You're going to hear that it's not just a regular schmegular human voice <laughs> coming out of the phone. And then, so, Bella decides she's going to go and she's going to be a martyr and she's going to save her mom and she's going to sacrifice herself for James so that people can live. And then she writes Alice this note, which actually, really funnily enough, is written in the book mm. rather than typed, like, a regular font. A nice design choice. Yeah, definitely interesting. And so she writes, Edward, I love you. I have questions about that, but it's it's been a book and she loves him okay i am so sorry he has my mum and i have to try i know it may not work i am so very very sorry don't be angry with alice and jasper if i get away from them it will be a miracle tell them thank you for me alice especially please wow just really coming for jasper's throat like that okay wait what <laughs> no i mean like especially alice like saying like Especially give Alice my love because yeah. I like her more than Jasper. But twins, like. I do, I, I do feel like Alice and Bella have a very strange but close relationship throughout the books. Yeah, but like they've only they've all spent the same amount of time true, with each other. True. Like it's a bit you didn't have to say that. Yeah, and then she says it's like it's like um <laughs> sorry it's, it's like fine. you know the end of the Wizard of Oz where she's like I'm gonna miss you most of all Scarecrow and it's like wow okay did we uh, not also spend a lot of time with you like jeez and then she says 
And please, please don't come after him, which is stupid because of of course, of course, Edward's going to come after him. It's Edward, this possessive, jealous vampire. Of course, he's not going to just say, oh, she's gone. Oh, that's that's fine. He's the whitest of white knights. And then he says, that's what he wants, I think. I can't bear it if anyone has to be hurt because of me, especially you. Please, this is the only thing I can ask of you for me. I love you. Forgive me. Bella. Pause. Because, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I just want to say, she said she doesn't want anyone to be hurt because of her, especially because of her. Is she forgetting that they're vampires? If anyone's going to be hurt... It's going it's... to be her. Right, like... <sighs> oh, I'm just... <laughs> I'm tired. I'm, I'm, having, I'm having a nap. I'm tired. This is stressful. Risha did she done. We're so close to finishing, but she is just, <laughs> she is just over Bella and her antics. And we have three more books to go, and it's not happening for anyone at the moment <laughs> and so she says and then i carefully sealed away my heart because you know now she's going to fight this big bad guy james and obviously she's going to die and she knows she's going to die and instead of being sensible and telling alice and jasper hey um so james called and um maybe we can like do a quick plan so you yeah. know i can go in as bait and then you guys can yeah. show up and yeah save me yeah but no she wants to be a martyr and throughout the whole entire thing bella is constantly trying to be a martyr and to be honest like edward and bella fight for their martyrdom literally like half like it was not one it's the other i swear yeah that's true that's very true she goes yeah and this is we get right back to the beginning of the book of of her nearly dying and you know james obviously attacks her because he is known for toying with his food, including mm-hmm. this uh, mental trickery of having the recording and like revealing his master plan to yeah. her and all of that. But then, you know. But then, yeah, Edward comes and he saves the day. And so, in fact, in the book, Stephanie ref- like has, has a chapter called The Angel. And the angel at this point is Edward. Edward is the angel that comes to save Bella as she's dying. It says, where I floated under the dark water, I heard the happiest sound my mind could conjure up, as beautiful, as uplifting as it was ghastly. It was another snarl, a deeper, wilder roar that raged with fury. And then she hears an angel, and this angel is Edward calling to her because she is, in essence, dying. Her leg is broken, I think. Oh, yeah, he fucked up that leg. Yeah, he really, yeah. In the movie, it was brutal. (laughs) He just went, and she was like, ah! I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, I know that that happens in the book, but it was violent. Traumatised. <laughs> and then, like, her ribs, and basically, like, she's dying, you know. She's she's on her last legs. And, in essence, all the vampires are struggling. Obviously, Carlisle is the best to deal with this because he is a doctor. Mm-hmm. And he can also handle the most blood, I guess, being in the area at the time. Yeah. All the rest of them, vampires, are a little bit untrained. They're a little bit new to this whole thing of... Especially... Jasper. Jasper, yeah, he's the newest. And so James has bitten Bella and is, so sorry, uh is this where Jasper wants to kill her? No, no, that's in that's in New Me when it's her birthday. Oh. Remember with the paper oh, punch, paper, oh, cut. paper cut. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Just wanted to make sure. In essence he's bit her so it's about to go through the vampiric change, I guess. Yes, because uh one of James's attack on her had venom. I think he'd already bitten into her or Friendly, whatever he bit her hand right he bit her hand and so the the ven he was gonna suck out the blood but um obviously they killed him before he could do that 
and the venom was already in her system. So they had to get the venom out of the system by sucking it out of her blood. Which, by the way, I don't think that would work. I don't I think don't. that. I don't think that would work. I don't know. I'm. I'm not really. You I'm know. Not really a doctor like that, but yeah. I'm just gonna go yeah. out on a limb here and say I don't think that would work. Cool. We have five minutes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. And so, in essence, what happens is. Edward has to bite her. And this has been Edward's whole thing throughout the whole entire book. He doesn't want to get too close. He doesn't yeah. want to kiss her over anything because he's so scared of, like, accidentally just slipping a finger Any, to her. Anything that her. will make her blood raise and yeah. get her heart pumping, he doesn't want to do. Yeah. And so he has to bite her to save her. And so, wait, he does it, right? Yeah, he does it. He almost kills her because he, he almost can't stop himself. But eventually he does. And then uh, she's in the hospital He's been in the hospital the whole time. The mum and Charlie yeah, come to go see her. Yeah. And they're like, oh, he hasn't left your side. He's been asleep. But obviously vampires don't sleep. He just has his eyes closed. <laughs> um, and then they have a conversation. I think the ending conversation was somewhere between cute and cringy. And then, I mean, after that, in the end, they go to prom. That's, that's, right. that's it. Yeah. Like, yeah, They go to prom in the end. And I'm pretty sure in the end of this... She sees Jacob as well, and Jacob has like grown like a foot taller. And I think, and I think that's like the indication of his starting to change and yeah. his puberty is hitting him. And obviously, we're gonna get into the whole new moon phase of that and what that means for Jacob as a character in general. Yes. We also sort of get to this point where um, you sort of see a rivalry between between Edward and Jacob, like a very early one, but it's still there. I would say it's very much still there. Yeah. So um. For example, definitely because Edward can read Jacob's mind. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, yeah, and so like, it's just oh, 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 sorry. <laughs> Bella says, "I hope you're enjoying yourself. You see, see anything you like to Jacob about the prom in general, and and the girls at prom." And then Jacob says, "Yeah, but she's taken." Obviously, meaning Bella. So this is very much an indication to us as readers that there is about to be a love triangle at play, <laughs> and essentially, Jake ends by saying that you know, like, well, I'm going to be watching you, and I've got two minutes left. Um, <laughs> um, and essentially, this is it. This is the whole thing. They just go to prom and they have a good time. Yay. And so that has been Twilight. I don't know what to really say. Um, Does it hold up? Absolutely not. Not at all. No. Oh God, no. No way. <laughs> um, it's messy. Yeah. It's it's problematic. It doesn't set a good example for young adults. Also, I mean, I mean, despite the fact that it being like obviously like fiction, like yeah. pure fiction, it also depicts very toxic relationships. Yeah. That is basically it. This has been the YA podcast. I've been your host Sabrina. I've been your co-host Rishi. And we will see you next week. Not going to lie, don't know what book I'm doing yet. But as soon as I figure out, you guys will also know. <laughs> um, you can follow us um, using the hashtag YAPod or YAPodcast. And you can also get involved with the email address collabyapod at gmail.com. That is collabyapod at gmail.com. See you next week. <laughs>